0: John's Sermon is a podcast from St. John's Lutheran Church, North Prairie, Wisconsin, a congregation of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. We offer this podcast with the loving encouragement to use it as a supplement to your own regular reception of the Lord's gifts of forgiveness and life in word and sacrament on the Lord's day. The Lord bless your hearing these sermons. To you peace from God the Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our texts are the Old Testament reading and the Holy Gospel. And definitely the epistle weighs in in good fashion with those two, but we're going to concentrate largely on the two stories of the first two readings. Dear friends, or the first and third readings, Dear friends in Christ, here's the word. Everything happens. For a reason. You've all heard that statement. You've probably all thought that statement, and you've probably all said that statement at one time or another. You can imagine that this past week for me, since my mother's passing and the funeral on Friday, I heard that a lot. Everything happens for a reason. And I appreciate the thought and sentiment behind it. And I believe that. I believe that everything happens for a reason. I believe that every last hair on my head is accounted for. And that every last hair on your head is accounted for. If you're going bald, you're on your own. (laughs) (laughs) You were joking Wednesday night that next year on Ash Wednesday, we're going to just put big crosses on bald heads. (laughs) I believe that, and I appreciated the sentiment whenever I heard it. But you know, if I uh, take off the grieving sun hat for just a minute and put my pastor hat back on, which I'm eager to do this week, I've got to admit one concern about that old statement, everything happens for a reason. And it, it's a concern that's, that's tied really to how that statement interacts with our human will. In fact, we just sang a marvelous verse in that hymn. Uh, Eric, you picked the hymns today. You you actually hit a home run there in that last hymn. There was a verse in there about making God's will our own, and that really is the problem. That uh, so often our will wants to go in a different direction. And when we hear something like "everything happens for a reason," we know that such a statement kind of draws your thoughts toward God. But when something bad happens, especially, I think our will wants to take over that statement and try to come to the answer. Maybe too fast. We want to uh, figure out what that reason is. We want to draw that conclusion as fast as we can. God's thoughts are not our thoughts. God's ways are not our ways. And I can think of times in my life when I was pretty sure I thought I knew what God's reasons were for whatever happened. And then later found out, maybe I was wrong. And maybe you've been in that boat as well, at times, throughout your life. Everything happens for a reason. But what that reason is, is often mysterious, uh, and not so easily uh, deduced by our intellect and by our will. That's important to bear in mind as you contemplate the connections between the Old Testament reading and the Holy Gospel. I, what I, I, I there, there's a strong connection there, and it kind of surprises me because on the surface it wouldn't look like it at all. On the surface, it just seems to look like one is a very long story, and the other is a very short story. The story of Abraham uh, sacrificing his son Isaac at God's direction is told with achingly uh, um, specific detail This is a detailed story and the problem with that story is much like what I was talking about Wednesday night in our midweek Lenten service with the story of the, the centurion servant, the problem with that story from a preacher's perspective is you want to look at Abraham and you just want to admire him in this story for following through on God's will and you want to preach about Abraham just like in the story of the healing of the centurion servant last Wednesday, we were so impressed with the centurion and his humility. But it's not a story about a humble centurion. It's a story about a lord who does a miracle for, his, for that centurion's slave. The centurion says nothing good about himself. He only admits what he cannot do. And Abraham, in our text, is even more silent about himself. He says very little at all. But he also doesn't come, up, come off, I guess, as the broken up dad, as someone who has to sacrifice his one and only son. He doesn't come off that way at all. He, he's almost um, automatic about it. He just goes and he does it. and You know, you could admire him for this. What strength? That's another word I've heard a lot of this last week. What strength? Let me tell you, no human being, Abraham included, could do this. Were it not for the strength of God. That's the way to look at that text. The other account, Mark chapter 1, is very, very brief. It tells the story of Jesus' temptation, but it doesn't tell it like we're used to hearing it. It doesn't tell it like Matthew tells it, and it doesn't tell it like Mark tells it, with the three different temptations and the three different types of temptations. No, we're stuck with two verses only. But the connection is quite strong with that more detailed story in Genesis 22. The Spirit, after Jesus' baptism, drove Jesus, literally threw him out into the wilderness in order to be tempted. Just like the sacrifice of Abraham's one and only son Isaac was being done at God's command and God's direction, the temptation and testing of Jesus out in the wilderness was being done at God's command and at God's direction. Everything happens for a reason. What in the world was God thinking when he told Abraham to sacrifice his one and only son? What in the world was God thinking when he drove his one and only son? into a wilderness and made him fast for 40 days. And if you want to hear the Matthew and Luke stories, in their bald truth, the other three temptations, which are not told here in Mark, imagine fasting for 40 days, being severely dehydrated and severely malnourished and trying to resist the temptation of turning stones into bread like I just said of Abraham, be true of you here too. No one can do that on their own strength. This is why when you're wandering around a desert, you start to see oases where there are. none, Because you are malnourished, you are dehydrated, and your will takes over and wants water where there is no water to be found. And that's the devil's game that's the game he's extraordinarily good at playing deceiving you and lying to you so what was God thinking by putting these sorts of tests at his son oh and yeah you can take this one step further what in the world was God think that he would leave his son up on a cross to, to, to pray father forgive him or no Actually, what I wanted to say was, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? The answer to that question, understanding that all things happen for a reason, that the answer to that question is not necessarily one you want to run to. Just like I said, when it happens to us in our lives, we don't want to run to try to answer what those reasons are. But, we do have the benefit of the whole scriptures to gain an answer to that question. What in the world was God thinking? If all things happened for a reason, why put Abraham through that? Why put Jesus through the temptation in the wilderness? And finally, once and for all, why put your one and only son on a cross... We have an answer to that. So that you wouldn't have to try to save yourself. So that you wouldn't have to try to make some sort of sacrifice to appease God for all your sins. Just like no human strength could do what Abraham did. He was carried by God's strength all the way to the place of The knife over his own son. Just like 100% man Jesus would not have had the strength to resist temptation in the wilderness. Were it not for his divine nature and the help from angels and from God in the wilderness. If you were just a man, this wouldn't have happened. The way it played out. And just as carrying the weight of the the world's sins on a cross up the hill of Golgotha could not have happened without the strength of God. God did this to teach us a lesson. God did this to teach us that in a sense when we say something like all things happen for a reason... What we're doing is we're throwing all things that happen in our lives onto the hands and onto the arms and onto the shoulders and onto the, the body of a God who loves us. Of a God who would take all that stuff on. Of a God who would not put you through the same thing. We, I could preach. I could preach Genesis 22 as you've got to have the faith of an Abraham. Guess what? You don't. And neither do I. And were it not for the strength of God Himself, neither did He. Christ. The promises. The Word. Genesis 22 happens a full 11 chapters after we first run into Abraham. And what is Abram doing in Genesis 12? What is Abraham doing in Genesis? What is Abram again doing in Genesis 15? And what is Abraham doing in Genesis 18 with the three men at the Oaks of Mamre? He's just simply having the word bore holes through his dead, faithless ears. Promises being made to him. That would forever transform him and change him. No, Abraham made no decisions to follow God. <laughs> oh, that's getting that story terribly wrong. No, God took Abram and Abraham, sometimes kicking and screaming, into his grace and into his love. All things happen for a reason, not our reasons, God's reasons. And God's reasons are that you would be saved. That you would not have to be an Abraham. That you would not have to be a Jesus in the sense of making that sacrifice for yourself. He took that burden off of you. Gave it to his one and only son. And out there in the wilderness, as he's being tempted, you're seeing an early foretaste of that sort of love, that sort of grace, that sort of... I don't want that stuff. That's the best word I can think of for it. For you. I'll give it to my son, so it doesn't come to you. All things happen for a reason. It's funny, uh, in life, like I say, our human will wants to take over in that discussion want to wants to sort out what the reason might be. As I cautioned at the beginning of the sermon, we should not run too fast to trying to figure out what the reasons might be when something happens, good, bad, or ugly in life. But there is one place you and I can go to sort out a reason for why things happen in our In the book of Job, chapter 1, after the Lord in collusion with the devil tests Job's faith and Job loses a ton, what happens to him in that chapter shouldn't have to happen to anyone either. When Job's wife looks at him and says, this is a loving, supportive wife, curse God and die, Job! Job says, I will do nothing of the sort. The Lord has taken. The Lord Lord has given, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. It's not whatever answer you and I give to it. What happens, happens under the Lord's direction. Whether it's good, whether it's bad, whether it's ugly. But at the end of the day, whether it's good, whether it's bad, whether it's ugly, if everything happens for a reason, and that reason is the Lord's, then one thing we can learn from this, the one reason we can always take with us and and know is true, is that whatever may happen, His name is to be praised. His name is to be blessed. Because the greatest burden of all, the burden of your salvation... The greatest gift of all, the faith and the life that come with it that that you didn't choose, you didn't decide, you didn't give your heart to God to get, but was simply given to you in the waters of your baptism and continue to be born through your dead ears every time you heard the word of God. Those gifts are gifts of love and grace. God didn't put earning all of that on you. He didn't put it on me. In those last hours of our lives. And you won't have the strength to even say, God be praised. God is still praised. He is still the Lord. Who gives, who takes away. But as far as your salvation is concerned, He's given so than he would ever take away from you. Praise be to him. Now and always, the good, the bad, and the other, God teach us to praise him. Amen. Peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. This podcast is a service of St. John's Lutheran Church in North Prairie, Wisconsin. For more information, including locations, service times, and links to other Lutheran agencies, please visit our website at www.stjohnsnp.org. That's www.stjohnsnp.org. Theme music performed by Mr. Philip Magnus.